Hello and welcome to Turning Point Sermons. My name is Cameron Howell and I am sure excited that you're here today. We have a sermon for you today by T.J. Gardner entitled Generational Aftermath. Uh, if you would, would you go in your Bibles? I don't have a lot of time this morning. I'm going to preach very quickly. But I want you to go in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1. And thank you so much teens for giving a testimony. And I, and I would say this adults, if you're not careful, you will look at these decisions these young people make and, and you might scoff at them. You might rub your nose at them. Uh, well, they're, they're just 7th and 8th graders. They're just seniors, high schoolers. Uh, these are big decisions. Big decisions in their life. And I, I'd like to just share a personal testimony. The man you see before you was a 7th grade boy, no taller than JT. JT, where are you at? Stand up. Are you standing? And uh, you can sit back down. I, I was a 7th grade boy, no taller than JT Hoxie. And it was in a camp service on a Thursday night where a man of God got up behind a podium and for an hour preached at us young people. And during that service, it was like the hand of God was on my heart, gripping it, saying, you need to go forward. I'm calling you to preach. Calling you to preach. That night as a seventh grade boy, Brother TJ walked forward, not understanding the full gravity of that situation. All I knew was God was calling me to something. That night I kneeled uh, at an altar with my youth pastor and I surrendered to the call to preach. Fast forward. Uh, 18 plus years. Here I am, a 30-year-old man, preaching. I've never forgotten that decision. I've never forgotten it. I went home and told my church. I went home and told my family, God's calling me to preach. Uh, I'm here today preaching. So I I would ask you, don't don't look at these decisions and go, well, they, they don't even know. I believe when God speaks to someone, we always know. We always know. Say, what does the voice of God sound like? Well, I I can't explain it to you, but you'll know it when you hear it. You'll know it when you hear it. And God spoke to these young people this week, and I'm so happy and thankful to the Lord for that. If you're in your Bible, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 1 this morning. Uh, I'm going to preach to you a message, Teens in Babylon. Teens in Babylon. Would you bow your heads and pray? And then we'll jump right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, God above, we are so thankful for the service we've already had. God, as we come to the time in the the service to look at your word for for a few minutes, God... I just ask that you would challenge each and every listener this morning and that, God, you would speak to our hearts through the book of Daniel here today. We love you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. The Bible says, look at Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. With part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, little g God, by the way. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, verse 4, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability to them and stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Of course, we understood Babylon came in, uh, wiped everyone out in Judah, uh, but they kept some of the young people, and killed mom and dad, killed grandma and grandpa, killed everyone that was older, but took the young people back to Babylon, where they would use these young people, they would train them, to be Babylonians, raise them as a Babylonian, and keep the smart and the strong ones, basically, was their strategy. 
Look at verse 5. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Verse 6. The Bible says, Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Of course, we would know Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their names will be changed. Uh, but I want you to notice this, that verse 6 is such a powerful verse. Look at the words, among these. There was many young people taken, but God noticed four. Only four are mentioned. There was a lot of them that were taken over to Babylon, but only four are mentioned. You say, why were these four mentioned they were mentioned because these four were the four who were standing for God. Are you with me? This morning, I want you to understand very quickly that God notices the ones who are standing. God notices the ones who are living right. And that works for young people, but it also works for every age. Can I tell you, mom and dad, God notices the family who's raising their family for God. He notices it. Uh, he notices the businessman who runs his business for God and for God's glory. He notices it amongst the billions of people that are in this world. God always notices the ones who are taking a stand. Look at verse 7. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel. Uh, let's skip the names I've already mentioned. Go to verse 8. Verse 8, a powerful verse every one of you would know. It says, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart. Can I tell you this morning, you know what Daniel was doing here? Making a decision. Many people think Daniel was a teenager at this point. And here he is in a foreign country. Mom and dad are gone. Uh, everything he's grown up knowing up to this point is gone. Yet, he's making a spiritual decision. Can I tell you this morning, guess what you heard? Did you catch it? Young people making a spiritual decision. And so did Daniel as he's in Babylon. Look at verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And then look at verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Did you notice how God's hand was on Daniel's life? And I'm here to, I, I, I hope you caught it. I hope you caught it. Here's a young man who made a spiritual decision. And when he makes a spiritual decision to stand for right. Remember, God always sees when we stand for right. When he makes this decision and he takes this stand, God begins blessing Daniel's life. And I want you to understand, church people, that God is here today, still in 2022, wanting us to take a stand for him wanting us to make spiritual decisions. And when you do so, God in heaven sees it, and he wants to bless you and give you his favor. How many say, Brother Tidia, I want in on that action. I do too. But can I tell you the sad part about this story? Most preachers won't preach about it. Sure, you read the book of Daniel, and we'll hear sermons on Daniel. Sure, you read the book of Daniel, and you'll hear messages on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they face the fiery furnace. You'll hear messages on King Nebuchadnezzar, maybe messages on King Darius, but there's a group of people who are very often left out in the story in the book of Daniel. And can I tell you who it is? It was the older generation. 
Can I tell you these teenagers who were standing in Babylon, Daniel and his buddies, did you know they were never supposed to be in Babylon? They were never supposed to be there. They were never supposed to get taken captive. But Daniel and his buddies paid for the older generation sins. The people who had gone before them in Judah. It was God who had sent Babylon to punish Judah because of the sins of the older generation. And here's Daniel as a young man, taken away as a slave, not because of anything he had done, but because of the generation who had gone before him. Can I tell you this morning, Daniel had to stand because the people before him had it. Daniel had to suffer because the people before him had rejected God. Daniel endured the pressures of sin because the people before him had given in to it. Daniel chose not to forsake God even though the older generation did. Daniel had to purpose in his heart even though the older generation hadn't purposed in their heart. Daniel and his friends stood up for God even when the older generation hadn't. Daniel's friends didn't bow to the idols even though the older generation had. Are you hearing me this morning? Here we are sitting in Grandview Baptist Church. But my heart this morning is that my generation, the older generation, would make sure we don't let our young people go into Babylon, go into spiritual darkness, go into the sin of this world. And I know I'm the youth pastor, but I hope this morning I'm speaking to some parents who will say, you know what, I don't want to let my kids go to Babylon. I hope I'm speaking to some grandparents this morning who say, you know what, I don't want to let my grandkids go into Babylon. I hope we have a Grandview Baptist Church that says, you know what, I don't want to let the young people of our church and of our community go off into Babylon. It was the older generation who would let them down. This morning, I believe each and every one of us, no matter what age, no matter if you have kids or don't have kids, I believe every single Christian in this room has a responsibility for the next generation. Moms and dads have a responsibility for the next generation. Grandmas and grandpas have a responsibility for the next generation. Grandview Baptist Church has a responsibility to the next generation. I want to look at this very quickly. I've got six minutes. I don't know if I can do it. Six minutes. Why were these teenagers in Babylon? Or could I say it this way? What had the old generation done that caused Daniel and his buddies to be in Babylon? Would you go to Second Chronicles? And this is the part so seldom preached. Second Chronicles, if you would, in chapter 36. Second Chronicles, chapter 36. I don't have time to go into super... Detail here, but I just want to go through it very quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 36, this is the story. This is what happened. Why were they in Babylon? The Bible tells us. Look at chapter 36, verse 13. The Bible says, And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck. Of course, this is the leader of Judah here, the king. Look at the next part of the verse and said this, And hardened his heart from turning... Unto the Lord God of Israel, number one. What caused the young people to go to Babylon? It was because the older generation chose not to turn to God when their nation was in trouble. When the nation was in trouble, the older generation chose 
not to turn back to God. Can I say this? You say, what can I do for the young people of Grandview Baptist Church? Are you praying for our country? Are you praying for our country? Are you praying for the country that they're going to grow up in? By the way, a 14-year-old, how much influence have they had on politics? How much have they had on government? How much does a 14-year-old have to do with the laws and the lawmakers? We all know it's not a whole lot, is it? But guess who has? Us. Can I ask you this morning, are you praying for our country and are you praying for our young people? Second Chronicles 7.14 says this, If my people, that's me and you, Christian, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What can we do, older generation? Well, we can start praying for the country that our young people will grow up in for the next 50 and 60 years. Number two, are you still there? Second Chronicles chapter 36. Look at the next verse. Verse 14, moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hollowed in Jerusalem. Number two, what did this older generation do to cause the young people to be in Babylon? Number two, they chased other gods. They chased other gods. Can I tell you this morning, a God is anything that we put before God or in the place of God. Adults, money, wealth, luxuries, trips, vehicles, hobbies, sports, sins, addictions. Anything you put ahead of God is an idol. Can I ask you this morning? The idols that we chase could result in us helping send the next generation to Babylon. The idols we chase, mom and dad, the things that you're chasing could affect your young people. Grandma, grandpa, the idols that you, you are putting, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're putting before God, could I tell you this? It could be sending the next generation to spiritual darkness. By the way, idolatry had crept into the house of God, according to verse 14. This was not... Uh, this was not just the unsaved people. This was not just the worldly people. This was the spiritual people. It has crept into the house of God, idolatry. Can I tell you, if we put other things before God, what does the next generation see? A bunch of Christians putting things before God? They see that. Number three, you still there? Second Chronicles 36, verse number 15. The Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers... Rising up betimes and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. God didn't want him to go to Babylon. He kept sending people. He kept sending preachers. He kept sending prophets. He didn't want them to go. Yes, did they deserve it? Yes, but God, God is merciful, isn't he? God is gracious. He never wanted them to go. He keeps sending people. But look at verse 16. But they mocked the messengers of God. And despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. What had the old generation done? 
that caused the young people to go to Babylon? Can I tell you this morning, lastly, they rejected the men of God. They rejected the men of God. In God's love, he had sent them warnings of the way they were living, but the older generation had rejected these men. Can I tell you this morning, I want to be transparent with you. There's not probably a single one of us in here that would say, you know what? That Pastor Mutzler guy, he's always stepping on my toes. I don't want to listen to him. I don't think they say that. Maybe they do, Pastor. I don't know. I don't think so. I think most of us here this morning wouldn't, wouldn't look at Pastor Layman and say, ah, that guy, I don't want to listen to him. I'm going to reject the man. I don't think that's any of our hearts this morning here at Grandview Baptist Church. But can I tell you something I notice in churches around this world? It's that many people don't come to hear the message. They don't come. It's not that they're rejecting the pastor. It's not they're rejecting the preaching. It's that they reject showing up to church. Because they reject showing up to church, they miss out on the message from God's messenger. They miss out on the message. Can I give you a prediction here at Grandview Baptist Church? Tonight at 5 o'clock, God's word is going to be preached. Can I give you another prediction? Wednesday night, this week at 7 o'clock, God's word will be preached. Can I give you another prediction? Next Sunday morning, here at Grandview Baptist Church, God's word will be preached. Can I give you a prediction? Next Sunday night, God's word will be preached. Can I give you another prediction? Next, next Wednesday night, God's word will be preached. Next, next Sunday morning, God's word will be preached. Next, next Sunday night. Are you getting the picture this morning? It's not that we reject the pastor. It's not that we reject the message. It's so many of us don't hear the message. We don't hear it. And because we don't hear it, could it be that the young people, the young people will suffer in Babylon because Christians, not, not rejecting the messenger, but they just don't hear the message. Could I challenge you this morning? Could it be that the teenagers in purple are more faithful to church than the adults? I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. But could it be that the young people care more about showing up to God's house than you? I talked to, talk to teenagers. Hey, I missed you Sunday, man. We missed you. How are you? Oh, man, Sunday school, man. You missed it. It was so good. Well, Brother TJ, my mom and dad didn't want to come. I didn't have a ride. Couldn't find anyone to pick me up. Could I ask you, church, is our generation going to cause the next to slip into Babylon? And I don't know about you. I am nothing special. I'm just a young man. Just a nobody, short dude, balding from Michigan. I know. Praise the Lord. But can I tell you, I don't want the next generation to be in Babylon because of me. What about you? What about you? There's another story in the Bible that reminds me of this. Remember the children of Israel had, uh, had gotten to the promised land? Remember that story? And they sent the 12 spies. I hold up 10 fingers, okay? 12 spies, okay? They sent the 12 spies in. They would come out. 10 of them would give the bad report. Two of them would give the good. 
And God said, because of your decisions, guess what you have to do? Go back out and wander for 40 more years. Could I tell you who paid for that? The young people. You know, when God brought them back, when the old people had died, that old generation, once they died off, God said, I'll let you go in. But the young people had to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years because the older generation did not do what God wanted them to do. And I'm here this morning, just one, I hope among many, who say, you know what? I don't want our young people to wander the wilderness of life because of me not doing what God wants me to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Wow, so many convicting thoughts in that sermon. Two main takeaways. Number one, decide to do what's right. You know, the Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart. Um, And whatever age of life that you find yourself in, whatever your circumstances, uh, whatever events have transpired, um, and sometimes the failures of people in front of you, the generations ahead of you that have done wrong, that have gone away from God, that have uh, proverbially followed the path of sin and, and other bad things, um, regardless of those things, we have the responsibility to do right. And so uh, in whatever area of life you find yourself, determine to do right. Decide to follow God regardless of what examples have been set for you. The second thing I would encourage you with is to remember you're not just making decisions for yourself. Here in a few years, even if you don't have kids yet, even if you're not really uh, you know, in a relationship or even moving in that direction necessarily just yet, here in just a few years, you're gonna see the people around you that are looking to you as an example of what they should and shouldn't do. And someday, real soon, quicker than you might think, you're gonna be the older generation who needs to purpose in their heart so that they can be the example for the future generations. Well, I hope that was a help to you. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you.